Hello, welcome, or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Cubs podcast based on a bottoms-up philosophy. And again, this is a no-script version. Normally I have a script, but it's hiding on me, and I'm more interested in doing a podcast and finding out where my script is and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just going to talk. Uh, today, I want to do something I don't usually like to do. I'm going to go with a comp. A comp is a comparison where you take a player that somebody might be familiar with and say, this player compares to an extent to a player in the minor leagues or in college. Now, comps can be rather useful because the player I'm going to talk about I'll be honest, I'm not very familiar with him. I'm not. I'm not. He plays or played in college at Ohio State. Dylan Dingler. I'm not even sure how how hard the G is pronounced. If it's Dingler or Dingler. I just, I don't know. But he's shooting up boards. And today I was out doing a bit of meandering about. I started thinking about Dingler, or Dingler, whatever. However his name is pronounced, I'll figure it out. Who knows, maybe next podcast I'll have it figured out, and I'll be able to tell you. But um, the Cubs are going to be drafting 16th. Dingler may be on the board still. He may be off the board. Either way is fine. But the important thing, if you're looking at baseball from a 2023 Matters standpoint, and that's really where I am now, 2023 Matters 2020, if they play this year, I'm stunned. I'm shocked. Absolutely shocked. Here are your Bamtech dollars, sir. Absolutely shocked if they play baseball this year. 2021, uh, they might play. They might play. They might not. There's a whole bunch of disagreement between the owners and the players. The owners are billionaires. A lot of the players are millionaires. And some of the players are... Nowhere near that because they haven't cashed yet. And it's necessary to cash before you can be a millionaire. And a lot of the Cubs and a lot of the players, either in the minor league pipeline or they've just reached the major leagues for the first time, they're not they're not millionaires. They're more off more well off financially than most of us are, no doubt about that. But they're not millionaires. And saying that a player who um, had a $300,000 signing bonus a couple years back and was in line to get a $600,000 payment this year if he would have made the Major League roster, but there are no Major League games. That guy's not a millionaire. He's not a millionaire. He just isn't. Um, but comps are to get you to have an idea of... What sort of a player, a person, a pl- what sort of a player, a potential draft selection or a prospect or whatever is. And I almost always will go back to one comp from years ago as an explanation why I don't like comps. I don't like comps, I just don't, because people get them wrong. Back in the day, the... Cubs had the second choice 
on the second day of the draft. Houston made their selection. The Cubs were on the clock, and they sprinted to the desk to turn in their name. They wanted Jacob Hanneman. Now, you may be familiar with Jacob Hanneman. Perhaps not. He was very good defensively. Still is. Very good defensively. Um, His offense was sketchy from a major league perspective. Nonetheless, he was a third third round draft pick, second day selection, and he made made major league baseball. That's pretty damn good. I can say damn, right? That's pretty damn good to uh go from a third round draft pick to major league baseball and he even hit a home run. He had a home run in major league baseball. I don't know how how else he's done. But Jacob Hanneman had a very good baseball career, and got his cup of coffee, had a degree of success, and from all I hear, he's a very good dude, which for some of you, that matters a lot. For some of you, that matters not at all, but whatever, whichever. I'm here to talk about a comp. When the Cubs selected Jacob Henneman, most people had no idea who Jacob Henneman was. No idea. He played Brigham Young. He played as a freshman after going on his standard two-year mission trip. So after his freshman season, he was draft eligible. And the Cubs decided, yeah, let's take, let's take a chance. The Cubs at the time were leaning toward, very aggressively leaning toward, defense first outfielders. Yeah, they grabbed Kyle Schwarber. But much of their draft, they were asking the question, will this guy be able to play defense? Much of the time, not all of the time, much of the time, ability to play defense was a thing. You might want it to be, you might not want it to be, but for the Cubs at the time, can this dude play defense was a thing. It was. And maybe it should have been, maybe it shouldn't have been. And that would have been a great discussion topic. I tried to uh, curry getting that discussion going, but people were a bit hesitant. But Jacob Henneman, Cubs select Jacob Henneman, third round. Probably where he should have gone. Maybe he should have gone late second. Maybe he should have gone mid-third, but somewhere in that range. That's about where he came. So one of the draft gurus who'd seen Henneman play in college at Brigham Young, he started off the season and was completely outclassed by whoever he was playing against. But by the whack season, the second time through the turn, the league, and especially in the tournament, he had it figured out. He knew he could hit in the whack. He could hit in the whack. He could run. He could play defense. The one thing that I said about his defense that he was kind of bad at for a while, was the ground ball picking up thing. Sometimes the outfields were a little bit bouncy and the ball, but he, Henneman, tended to have more errors than usual on single to center, and he doesn't pick the ball up properly. So the batter goes from first to second, the runner scores, runner goes from first to third, runner goes 
first to home because Henneman misplayed the grounder. That's just me. That's what I saw. That's what I heard. That's what I picked up listening to Henneman. But, okay, Henneman, on the day of the draft, Jacob Henneman, who is the person that the draft expert said was a Henneman comparison. Now, that's not... Comparison is when you're thinking about this player, think about this other player and some of the things that they're really good at are the things that this guy's good at. It doesn't mean that he is a an absolute mesh for this other player. The comp for Henneman was Jacoby Ellsbury. Good defensively, good base runner, smart, good, easy to get along with. Ellsbury was a much better player than Jacob Henneman. When Jacoby Ellsbury was mentioned as the comp for Jacob Henneman, quite a few Cubs fans, whoa, this guy's going to be Jacoby Ellsbury. No, he isn't. No, he isn't. No, he isn't. The idea of a comp is I'm going to give you a player that you're familiar with and maybe, just maybe, there's a little bit of similarity and maybe you'll get the... Henneman was a decent... um, Ellsbury was a decent comp for Henneman if you realized that a comparison isn't an over-under. When a player's getting drafted in the third round of the draft, you hope he makes it to the Major League Ball. The Cubs fans who have suddenly become experts on minor league development, even though they don't listen to three minor league games in the entire season or watch two or go to one, they're amusing. You know, it's like, I'm good with you having an opinion. But if you're going to have an opinion, you ought to base it on something, and preferably something other than, well, Keith Law said, well, Ben Badler said, or Tim said, or whoever said. The goal with a comp, the goal with a comparison, is to, here's a player that has some sort of a, there's something similar there, whatever it is, and don't take it as a over-under as far as this is how good this guy's career is going to be. Because usually, if you're going to come up with an over-under, it would be a guy who washed out in double-A ball, and nobody's familiar with him. So the comp, while entirely accurate, would be of no value because the people listening to the broadcast have no idea who you're talking about. Oh, wow, th- th- this guy kind of reminds me of Rock Shoulders. Uh, what, what was Rock Shoulders like again? This guy reminds me of, you know, some guy that you've never heard. Well, that's not going to help. So when people do comps, they have to do names that are somewhat familiar because otherwise the comp is of no value. So when I think of Dylan Dingler, I have a, I came up with a comp today. It's not ideal. It's not ideal, but you've listened long enough that I'm going to walk you through why 
I'm thinking my comp makes a little bit of sense. It's not uh, an over-under. It's not an over-under. Dangler is caught somewhere between center field and catcher. His bat should play. I doubt his bat would play at first base. It probably wouldn't play in left field. It probably wouldn't play at third base. Maybe it would. Right field, shaky. But his bat is good. He can hit. That's And when I say he can hit, that doesn't mean he's going to be able to clearly hit Cliff Lee-type sliders in seven years. I don't know that. I, I don't know that. I can't know that. That's what the development process is for. That's what the minor league affiliates are for. And we have fewer of them to deal with anymore. Life sucks sometimes. So Dylan Dingler is a guy who is a bat-first athlete, but there's no specific position that he can play. You could put him at first, but he, you're not going to put him at first. He's, he's played center, and he's caught. Again, those two don't really seem to mix very well, and that's why I started with my comp. With Dylan Dingler, if he can't hit Major League Pitching, he's going to be of no value. And coming out of college, if he's drafted by whoever drafts him, the Cubs or whoever, he, he'll very possibly be gone by the time the Cubs draft. But whoever is drafting him is thinking that the bat eventually will be there. It's not going to be there today. It's not going to be there tomorrow, but it doesn't have to be. The goal would be 2021, 2022, 2023, walk him through the minor league system, figure out, is he a catcher? Is he a center fielder? Maybe he's a right fielder. Maybe he's a... Nobody knows. And the Cubs had a player who they drafted a number of years back. He was a third baseman, this player. The Cubs liked the player, took him in the first round comp, comp, um, the compensation round, first round compensation. Cubs drafted him. He had played third base in the SEC. He'd done fairly well there, but the Cubs just didn't, didn't buy the bat. Didn't buy the bat. They immediately switched him to catcher. And he was playing catcher in the Cubs system. He's doing all right. He wasn't doing great. He's doing all right. Well, he wasn't ruining the Peoria Chiefs season. I think he's hitting about 220. And the Cubs needed a pitcher, and the Cubs ended up trading this guy along with three much more experienced players. And at the time, the guy in the minor leagues way down the minor leagues, hitting about 220 as a catcher for Peoria, people's responses were, hmm, well, he might develop. He's not there yet, though, but he might develop. The Cubs were sold on him as a catcher. He hadn't figured it out yet. The light bulb hadn't gone on yet. But uh, the team that acquired him, after having him play catcher the rest of the season, said, let's move you back to third base. You were good at third base in the SEC. And Josh Donaldson figured it out. The A's had some good hitting coaches, and Josh Donaldson developed quite well under their tutelage. 
And it wasn't so much a case of the Cubs getting unlucky, I don't think, so much as the A's knew what they were doing. They wanted Donaldson. They made the trade. They insisted on getting Donaldson. They got Donaldson, and he got a whole lot better in their system. There you go. That's how, that's how it works sometimes. So, Dylan Dingler. My comp for Dingler, again, it's not a this is exactly how his career will play out, but Dingler is not going to be a defense-first player where his defense will completely decide his future. For instance, Andrelton Simmons. Very good defensively. Nobody even questions that. If he gives you anything at all on offense, you're completely good with it. He's a defense first shortstop, and any offense you get from Andrelton Simmons is great. But he's a defense first guy. Dingler, that really doesn't sound like the case. He's going to have to hit. It's fine. Fair enough. Not a problem. The question is finding a position for him. And, for the case of this podcast, who is my comp for Dylan Dingler? Who is a player from the past that we kind of like the bat, but the bat's going to have to be there regardless where we play him, and he doesn't necessarily have a position that sticks out that he would be able to play well. Just so happens that there's a player from backaways that kind of played that out exactly. Dale Murphy was an early draft pick by the Braves in the, what would it be, 73, 74, somewhere in that range. By 76, he had debuted, but they hadn't figured out his position. Catcher. First base, I think they tried him at third base a little bit. It just, nothing was quite playing proper as far as a position for Murphy. And as long as his defensive position hadn't been figured out, he had the yips throwing the ball back to the pitchers, I remember. He'd, you know, pitch in the dirt, he'd throw it back to the catcher and uh, throw it back from the catcher to the pitcher. Pitcher would have to jump for the ball or it would bounce to him. It just wasn't working at catcher, and that was the position they expected him to play. But he was a very good athlete. So the Braves at some point say, hey, let's try him in center field. And it worked. It just absolutely took off. He was very good defensively in center field for about a decade. And because he found a defensive home, he didn't have to worry about the defensive side of the ball. He could just worry about hitting. And for about a decade, he really mashed. And if he had three or four more really good seasons, he'd have been a Hall of Famer. But he did really well, and then he faded. So, uh, But no, Dale Murphy isn't exactly who Dylan Dingler will become. But if you're going to talk about Dylan Dingler... You might as well talk about Dale Murphy because a lot of the questions are the same. The bat, 
for Dale Murphy was going to be there. He was not drafted as a catch-and-throw catcher. He was drafted early because the Braves liked his bat, and they guessed right. You don't know. You have an educated guess. That's what the draft is. Inexact information played out over years. So the Braves decided, hey, let's try this Dale Murphy kid. It didn't work at first. It didn't work at catcher. But when they moved him to center field, he took off. He flew. He was great. And with Dylan Dingler, that's basically what you're looking at. He's not going to make any major league team on his defense alone. When Murphy became a really good player, he was a very good defensive center fielder. And at that point, you would have thought possibly he could have hung around for a while just on his glove. And when his bat soured, that's what he relied on for a while. But um, Dingler, whoever drafts him, well, one of the things that's lost in the draft, people are very team-specific. A lot of baseball fans are very team-specific. They know about their team. They know about the top players in the league. They know about the guys they see on ESPN. But the guys in the minor leagues, out of sight, out of mind. Don't know, don't know, don't know. Not going to worry about them. Don't really know, don't really care. Not really a thing. So when you have a player like Dylan Dingler, nobody knows. Nobody knows, nobody knows. And of the 30 teams... One team will select Dylan Dingler. Let's imagine, for instance, that Dingler goes 15th to the team drafting right before the Cubs. I should know that. I should know who's drafting 15th right before the Cubs. But I don't because I, I've just been out, out of the loop. So team before the Cubs selects Dylan Dingler. Okay, fair, reasonable, reasonable, possibly, could happen. So Dingler goes 15th. Cubs fans, I don't know about him. I don't care about him. I'm not going to learn about him. I don't want to know about him. So they disregard him. So since they disregard him, whichever team it is that drafted him, well, let's say it's the Mets. I don't know if it's the Mets, but let's say it's the Mets. Dylan Dingler, don't care, don't care. Actively not paying any attention or passively not paying any attention. But the guy the Cubs drafted 16th, that's the guy who's of interest. Even though Dingler, who was drafted before the guy the Cubs drafted, very well might be a better player than the guy the Cubs draft. Because after all, if the team before the Cubs thought Dingler was the better player, that's why they took him, as opposed to the guy that the Cubs took. So yeah, what ends up happening is people end up thinking, my team, my organization, puff chest. My team knows what they're doing. My team is really good at stuff. My team makes proper decisions. My team this, my team that. Yawn. Just absolutely yawn. I'm I'm more about learning who's good, why they're good, listening to games, trying to trying to figure out the lower levels, who's going to move along and who's gonna and Dylan Dingler, whether the Cubs draft him or not, 
Dylan Dingler is going to be a very intriguing player to follow because he's got such an interesting side story. Is he a center fielder? Is he a catcher? Will the bat play? If the bat does play, where is he going to play? And it sounds like, you know, he could end up, well, we're going to try him at third. We're going to try him in right. We're going to... Teams are going to want to try to find a place where a guy that can hit can play and not be a negative. Doesn't necessarily matter where. Maybe he's a second baseman. You can hide people at second, right? But Dylan Dengler is an interesting player, and I should probably, over the next couple, three weeks before the draft, know a bit more about Dylan Dingler. But either way, I still like the Dale Murphy comp, not because he's going to be Dale Murphy 2.0, but because some of the questions with Dingler are the same questions that applied for Murphy. And if you can find a player who has the same level of questions, the same sorts of questions, the same concerns... That's the kind of stuff that's fascinating to discuss if you're into discussing. And that's what we're into here. So, yeah, um, I'm starting for whatever reason. I've had three things come to mind today. Uh, someone who I run into periodically online on Twitter was commenting how he really doesn't want to write about baseball now. It's like, hey, I got you, dude. I understand. No worries. I understand where you're coming from. Because so much of what's going on isn't worth writing about. Ooh, the Cubs, these should be the 20 players on the on the taxi squad if the Cubs... No, there's not going to be a season this year. There's not going to be a season this year. And whatever they have next year... And I, I understand that people have to have articles and post articles and run with articles and defend articles and stuff. But uh, now, if you're talking anything more current than 2023 when you're talking about baseball articles. I question it. I just really question it. Figure out who you're going to want with the 16th pick. Figure out how you're going to develop the players you have. And there's one more topic that kind of ties in with that. But as I look at my clock, I realize... That's going to have to be another podcast. You have a great day. And what the heck, one of these days I might put back together a script so I can have my uh, lead-in, run-in, and um, close. But no, uh, I hope you're enjoying my podcasts. And I hope the next one attracts your attention. But until then, Dylan Dingler is interesting because he has questions. All baseball players have questions. Chris Bryant had questions. The question with Chris Bryant, how much was he going to hit? And how good was his defense going to be? You know, I might be due for another KB podcast as well. You have a great Tuesday. And I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye.